Well, all the answers have been given to us in the Bible. And the book of Proverbs is a good place to go when you have a lot of these questions. Uh, I want to make sure that you are uh, you're encouraged to uh, get this Easter. Next week is Easter, so we are, we are looking forward to Easter and to celebrate big on Easter. So make sure that you get these, uh, these invite cards uh, that uh, we print this week. Uh, it's English and Spanish, so both of them, uh, both sizes, you can use either. Uh, no matter where you go, you can just give it to someone, and, uh, and that you will be doing your part in reaching out to the community. Um, so many questions. So many questions that we have in life, and we, we have been on the book of Proverbs uh, for seven weeks. Today is our seventh week, and we're going to, uh, today is the, 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 the final. Uh, today we wrap up uh, our talks about the book of Proverbs, and, uh, you know, we've been talking about how to live life, you know, we've been talking about how to live life with wisdom. How, how do you use wisdom as, as you're living life? Uh, and, and why do we ask for wisdom? We ask for wisdom because life is so full of questions. There's a lot of doubts about things in life, and we have a lot of questions. Uh, most, I mean, everybody has questions and decisions to make. We have to make decisions every day in our lives. So we have to make every single day. We have to uh, make decisions. We have questions. And in order to have success, but listen to what I'm going to say. In order to have success, not according to social media, but according to God, you need to make decisions and have an answer for those questions with wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing that we need in life. With wisdom comes understanding, the Bible says. And when wisdom comes understanding, with wisdom uh, comes learning and following, learning to follow instructions. Wisdom is the primary ingredient for success in life. Without wisdom, uh, failure is, is, is guaranteed. You are going to fail if you don't live life with wisdom. Life in marriage, your family, your kids, school, business, work. If you don't have wisdom, if you don't apply wisdom in your life, in a lot of those areas in your life, for sure we are going to fail. With wisdom comes success and impact, things that we all desire. We all desire success and impact. We want to impact other people's lives. We want to succeed in our lives. Wisdom begins when you respect God. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord means the respect for God. When you respect God, whatever decision you make in life, however you talk to other people, however you refer about other people, whatever decisions you make, when you talk to your wife, when you talk to your husband, when you talk to your kids, the way you do things at work, when you do it with wisdom, you do it with wisdom, but at the same time you do it in a way that is pleasing to God because you respect God. Wisdom is one of the most valuable things people can possess in life. In May of uh, 2012, a 32 carat Burmese ruby was uh, in a diamond ring was a part of a collection of a woman named Lily Safra. Some of you guys might heard that might have heard that name before. Lily Safra is one of the richest women in the world. This diamond ring. Uh, ruby and Burmese was sold in an action, and the pre-action estimated that the sale of these uh, of these precious stone was going to be between three to five million dollars. 
But the final sale price was $6.7 million for one ring. Just be glad your wife didn't ask you for that ring when you got married. It, it is believed this one was, is, is the most expensive ruby ever sold. As a valuable, as the rubies are, the Bible says, the Bible, tell, the Bible tells us that wisdom is far better, more valuable than even that ruby that was $6.7 million. There's no early treasure that can be compared with the, to wisdom because nothing else offers more protection from God than wisdom. The benefits that come with wisdom, the blessings that come with wisdom, uh, you know, anything that you, anything that you decide in life, if you do it with wisdom, is more valuable than any precious stone. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 11, it says that for wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things that my, that, that may be desire are not to be compared to it. And one of the best places to obtain, to obtain that wisdom in the Bible is in the book of Proverbs. So Proverbs has 31 chapters. There's a reason why it has 31 chapters. Because most months in the year, a lot of the months have 31 days. So you will do good to yourself. You will do a favor to yourself if you read a proverb a day. If, if, if we would just apply the wisdom that we get from the Proverbs, our lives will be very different than, a lot of, uh, than what a lot of us have experienced. The wise principles in the book of Proverbs tells us that to live... You know, and to try to avoid, to, to live according to God and to try to avoid uh, so many things that will only hurt us, that will only create problems for us in our lives. If we had wisdom, we can easily make better decisions. But, but there is a condition for wisdom. The, the condition for wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The condition of wisdom is respect of God. Proverbs 9.10, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So every time you make a decision, uh, and basically this is what this Proverbs is saying, is that every time you make a decision, every time you come to a conclusion in your life, every time you are going to move forward in something in life, as long as you're moving forward thinking, is this what I'm doing? Is this decision that I'm making, is this showing respect to God, first of all? Am I respecting God by doing what I'm doing? And if, you, if your answer is yes, you are respecting God as you're doing these things, then you can move forward. You can move forward with all confidence. If you respect God, that's where everything starts. Wisdom starts right there. Unfortunately, we are living in times where people don't have a lot of respect for God. Would you agree with that? We're living in a world, we're living in a society right now that people are not having a lot of respect for God. Most of our problems right now in our culture, in our country, in the world, most of our problems is because of sin. And the sin that we're experiencing is because people have no respect for God. So we, you go and sometimes you tell a person, you know, the Bible says, and a lot of people are going to tell you, so what? What do I care about? What the, you care because you're a Christian. 
But there were other times before when you used to tell people something about God, and even if they didn't want to, uh, they didn't want to accept the truths that the Bible were saying, they would respect and they would listen. Now they don't even want to listen. There's no respect for God, and so we don't have a lot of wisdom out there. Psalm chapter 14, verse 1, it says that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And it's not that they don't believe there is no God. It's, what it is, is they don't want to be accountable to God. Because they want to keep on living life the way they want. They want to keep on making decisions and they don't care about wisdom. And they just want to make decisions that satisfies their own desires. The fool says in their heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable things, deeds. So, no wonder we see the kind of decisions people are making nowadays. Decisions that we never thought it would be happening at any point in life. I didn't think I was going to see this in my life, but somebody was going to just go and get surgery because they want to change their gender. But that is because they can care less about God. And yes, I don't apologize for saying that kind of stuff. Sometimes people go like, you know, don't say that stuff from the pulpit. It might be taken as a hatred. You're hating. Your speech is not, it's not acceptable. Well, that's not what the Bible says. A survey, asked, they asked 700 people in a survey. If you could say it in one word, what you want more of life, what would that be? And here were the ten, ten, the, the ten top answers. Some people say, what we want is happiness. Okay, everybody pursues happiness, right? The second thing, it was money. We want happiness, we want money. Number three, we want freedom. Number four, we want peace. Number five, joy, balance, fulfillment. Confidence, stability. And number 10, we want passion. But if you look at those 10, those 10 answers, no, it's no surprise that, uh, you know, that in our culture, this is what we desire, what people desire for the most part. And truth be told, most of us would probably have mentioned some of those things in, those, in that list of 10 things. But none of those, at no point, people said, Wisdom. I want wisdom. Yet, when we seek wisdom, everything else falls into place. Because when you seek wisdom, you do things, you make decisions according to what God wants you to do. Because you do it with the respect that you have for God. Wisdom should be at the top of the list. Nothing you get in life is more valuable than wisdom. Wisdom trumps everything. Wisdom does it. The purpose of this book of Proverbs is for you to have wisdom, uh, you know, which is the primary ingredient to successful life. With wisdom comes success and impact. And as I said before, these are things that we all desire. And let me just review what we saw in the first week so we can finish this week reviewing this verse really quick. Proverbs chapter 1. It says that there, th these Proverbs are Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. And, and I want you to pay attention as we read these, these six verses that we're going to read. The, this, their purpose, 
The purpose of the Proverbs, and the reason why I encourage you to read a proverb per day, but don't just read it. Analyze it. Think about it. Think about it and try to understand what you're reading when you read a proverb per day. Because their purpose is to teach, to teach people wisdom and discipline. Those are two things that we really need. We, 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 we are in, in a huge need of wisdom and discipline. To teach wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. The insights of the wise. Uh, to, help them, to help us understand, and notice in, in verse 3, their purpose is to teach, to live discipline. And if you have discipline, if you have wisdom, and if you have discipline, verse 3 says that you will have success in life. Who doesn't want success in life? Everybody does. If somebody tells me, well, I don't want success, and I'm not talking about success the world way, but I'm talking success God's way. So everybody wants success, but you want success, you need to live in wisdom, you need to discipline yourself. Discipline is one of the toughest things that we are experiencing nowadays. Besides, you know, ignoring God, discipline is one of the things we are missing big time in the world. To them, uh, to help them, uh, do what is right and just and fair. Verse 4. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple. If, if, if a person is a simple person, if a person is not so sharp, these Proverbs will give insight to that person. Knowledge and discernment. In other words, it will give you knowledge, but it will also help you. Proverbs will help you also how to make decisions. How to discern what's good, what's better, what's good, what's excellent, what's not good. Proverbs will help you do that. By exploring the meaning of these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and the riddles, the uh, fear the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despite wisdom and discipline. So many times the word wise and wisdom, wise and wisdom. When we don't use, when we're not wise, because we don't use wisdom, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about, remember, there's two types of wisdom. The book of James, James tells us that there's two types of wisdom. There's wisdom that is evil. There's satanic. It's early satanic wisdom. Be careful not to use that type of wisdom, thinking that you know everything and that you got it all. There is other type of wisdom that it comes from heaven. Make sure you're using the wisdom from heaven. The word wise or wisdom just in the book of Proverbs, it's found 125 times. 125 times. The wise is the Hebrew word hakham. Hakham. Uh, you might want to write it down. Maybe you don't, right? Uh, but it's the word hakam. And the word wisdom, that's the word wise. And the word wisdom in the Hebrew is the word hakma. So hakma and hakma, it, it actually literally in its root form it means to be skilled at something. To be skilled at something. To be really good at something. So when you talk about that the person is Hakman, he's a wise person, and the person applies in his life the Hakma, what you're saying basically is this person is, is good. This person is 
good at what he does. This person is good, it's a skill. You know, it's like when a person has a trade and is really good, for example, at laying bricks. They are really good. They put that line, they put that level, they do the things to where they need to be. You know, it's a person who's a skill. He's really good at doing that kind of stuff. So the word Hakman and Hakma doesn't just mean skill, but it means expert in something. So when you learn to be wise and have wisdom according to the book of Proverbs, you become not just a skill in making decisions. Wouldn't you want to make good decisions all the time in life? I would. Even though I don't, I would. But when you want to make good decisions in life, you got to be skilled. You got to learn to be skilled. You have to learn. You can, you don't just you don't just wake up one day and you're skilled already. Oh, I already know everything I got to do. No, you have to go through a process of learning. And as you go through the process of learning, and you go through different experiences in life, you become a skill, and not just skill, but but it means you become expert also. And so when you make decisions, you make better decisions every time. That's why the older you get, you realize that you're making better decisions now than, than when you were young. And that's why you always tell the young people, you just don't know what you're talking about. You know, you tell, you always, I'm always telling my son that, son. And sometimes I just got to listen to him and let him talk, let him, let, let him get it out. And sometimes I, I get frustrated, don't you? Don't you get frustrated with your kids? I mean, if you say you don't, that's a big lie. But sometimes you just got to let them talk. But wisdom comes as you develop skills and you become an expert in making better decisions because you already went through that. So today I want us to close our study in this series of Proverbs by looking at some practical advices. We, 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 talk, about, we talk about listening. Learn to listen. We talk about learn how to talk, what to talk, how to talk, and when to talk. And we also talk about anger. And, and, and I hope that you guys are putting in practice all these things that we've been talking about. Because if you don't put it in practice, then you're not being wise. You want to be wise? Put it in practice. The knowledge will just get you a big head. But when you put it in practice, that's when you become skilled. You know, I can have the knowledge how to lay down bricks. I used to be a superintendent at this company, and I don't know how to do much about, uh, about construction, but I know what they were supposed to do. But I don't know how to lay a brick. I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. So I can have the knowledge. I knew how to root blueprints. I, but I have the knowledge, but I don't know how to do a lot of that stuff. I know how to do some stuff, but not everything. And that doesn't mean I became skilled or an expert in that trade. But when you... Obtain wisdom. Then, you do it as a skilled person, as an expert, and you start making better decisions. So, we're going to do a few practical, a couple of practical advices from the book of Proverbs. What and how can I do better in life? Uh, practical advices from the book of Proverbs uh, today. We're going to start with, if you want to have a better life. And, and, and by the way, we're going to do six to seven weeks of Proverbs every year. We're going to do that. Because we, we didn't cover, we didn't even cover, n- not even uh, at, at 5% of the book of Proverbs. 
And so every year we're going we're gonna to dedicate at least seven weeks so we can go over all these Proverbs. But I want to give you an overview of some of the stuff that the book of Proverbs gives you advice on, uh, you know, how to have a better life. What kind of advices do we need to have a, a better life? Uh, n- number one, work in creating a plan for your life. Work in creating a plan for your life. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people live life just as it comes. You know, in other words, you get up early in the morning, you go to work, you eat, you go to work, then you eat again, then you go to work again, then you eat at night, you sit down, you watch the TV for a little bit, you go to sleep, and then you go to sleep just to wake up the next day to do exactly the same thing and repeat, repeat. What was the name of that movie, Groundhound Day? You know, repeat, repeat, repeat. Some of the stuff changes because they're not in, in, in your power. But a lot of stuff, we just live life without a purpose, without a reason to live. We just live life just because we are here, we're living life. To create a plan for your life, first, you, you have to understand that there is a purpose why God put you on this earth. A lot of times we just don't pay attention to that. And a lot of times because of other teachings and other pastors teaching about different stuff, we're like, like, no, no, let's not talk about purpose life. No, purpose life, life has a purpose. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 4, it says, The Lord has made everything for its purpose. So in other words, the Lord made you for a purpose. You were not an accident. The Bible says you were not an accident. God already had a plan for you before even the foundation of the world. So you were not an accident. So you were made with a purpose. And if we are going to do something with our lives, first of all, we need to understand what is the purpose why I am alive. His purpose for you. His purpose. God's purpose in your life is that you live life Following the instructions of the blueprint He has specifically created you for. There is a blueprint God gave you. So, so l- l- let me ask you the question, what is your blueprint? Do you know your blueprint? Do you know why God created you? If you are going to live a successful life the way uh, Proverbs chapter 1 told us a few minutes ago, you need to understand, if I'm going to have success, why am I here for Am I here just to, uh, you know, I was born, I live, and I die. I was, uh, other people, that's all they do. So this is the most important and crucial period of our lives. For what you do now, and what you decide now, at your age, doesn't matter what age you are, may well determine which way you will go the rest of your life. In other words, the decisions of today will take you tomorrow where you're going to be tomorrow. The decisions from yesterday are uh, brought you to where you are today. What I want to do today is, is tell you that in order for you to achieve some of those things in your life that God wants you to achieve, you need to have vision for your life. And a lot of times I hear in churches, in conferences about vision, 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 vision for big organizations, vision for big, big churches, how to become a big church with a vision. But a lot of, very, very few times I hear about having vision for your own life. So having vision for, what are your dreams? 
The book of Proverbs tells us something about that. What are your dreams? What do you want to accomplish in life? What are those things that you value that you want to get to? That you want to accomplish in your life? That you want to feel fulfilled in your life? So having a vision, the, the question is, do you have a vision for your life? Or what about for your family? You know, when your kids were born, what, what was your vision for them? Where, where, where do you want to see them 10 years, 20 years from now, from, from the time they were born? We need to have vision in our lives because vision will help us plan for what we need to be or where we want to be in life. As a matter of fact, one of the things that vision, one of the definitions of visions, uh, vision, visions are born in the soul of human beings who feel consumed by the tension between what it is, what is, and what could be. Visions are almost form, are also formed in the hearts of those who are dissatisfied with the way things are now. So, in other words, if um, can we lower a little bit these lights? It's hot over here, a little bit, just or, or maybe this one's in the back, please. Um, in other words, when you're not satisfied with things, and you you, you got to sit down and look at your life, and you got to analyze your life, and you got to see, am I satisfied where I'm at, where I'm at in life right now? Am I satisfied with the things that the way I'm doing, the things that I'm doing? And am I satisfied with the outcome? Am I satisfied with the results that I'm experiencing in my life? If you are not satisfied, it is a moment for you to say, where do I see myself three years from now? Where do I see my family three years from now? Where do I see my kids three years from now? Where do I see them five years from now? Then you begin developing a vision for your life. Many times, vision begins when a person feels unable to accept things the way they are. Over time, that dissatisfaction... In that person's life, that dissatisfaction matures into a clear picture of where they want to be. So, a, a lot of times, you know, people start school and they never finish. They never finish because they didn't have a clear vision where they wanted to, fi- where they wanted to be, what they wanted to accomplish. A lot of times we start, have you ever get to know, have you ever met anybody who starts something and never finishes? Well, that's people without vision. That's why they never finish. Because they start here, and they start with, you know, they're all encouraged and everything. They're, you know, eager at doing things and everything. But then the vision or whatever they wanted to do dies out because they didn't have a real vision. A vision is a, is a preferred moment in the future of a person's life. Proverbs 28. So if you want to have success, in, success in, in life, you have to have vision for your life. Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no vision, people... People what? What does it say there? Perish. So in other words, when there is no vision, you live life just because you have to live life. You're just waiting for your moment. You're just waiting for the time God's going to take you. No, you have to live life with vision so you know that you're accomplishing the purpose that God created you for. And when, when you're thinking about the purpose God created you for, you have to think, when I'm, when I'm doing these things that God created me for, am I doing it with the respect of God? Am I doing it with the blessing of God? A vision is a preferred future, a destination point where you want to be. 
The difference between a vision and a dream. Because uh, have you ever have you ever talked to a person who says, "Man, I I, I wish I can get a better car. I, I wish I can buy a house. I, I I wish I wish I wish." Have you ever have you ever talked to a person like that? There are dreamers, and there are people with vision. Dreamers are those who have desires, who have uh, you know, who have ideas of what they would like to have, but never do anything about it. Vision is when you see yourself in the preferred future, but you plan to do something about it. You plan steps for where you are right now and where you see yourself five years from now, ten years from now, or, or maybe just a year from now. In a year from now, I would like to have this done in my life. But then that will give you a different... A, a, Different type of encouragement in your life so you can move forward with things in your life. You are sitting, for example, you're sitting in a building that didn't happen by accident. This building didn't happen by accident. I know that for sure. You're sitting in a building that didn't happen by accident. Somebody, so, somebody saw it before they built it. Somebody saw it before they built it. And, um, and there had to be some plans. There had to be action. So where there is no vision, people perish. But if there is vision, things will happen. Things will get done. Getting somewhere in your life requires vision. You, you know, I, I was reading the story, and this is not even in my notes, but I, I'm just, I, it just came to my mind right now. I was reading the story about how JF Kennedy, um, you know, how when the Russians went to the moon, and then JF Kennedy said, well, the Russians went somewhere in space. And uh, JF Kennedy said, no, no. We got nine months or something like that. It's, it's in the book I'm reading. But he said, you know, we have to get to the moon. And everybody was like, what? So he had a vision. And he said, so we're going to get there. And, and, and we're going to get there. And these are the steps we're going to take. And, and, you know, nobody rested. Nobody, nobody took a break until we put the first man on the moon. That is amazing. Vision can do amazing things that you cannot even imagine. But because where there is no vision, all, pe- all the person is doing is waiting to perish. God created you for a reason. God wants you to do something with your life that is pleasing to Him. So if you want to do something in life, Proverbs says, you got to have vision for your own life. You have to have vision for your family. You have to have vision for your kids. There are people, like I said, in the world that they just live day by day, whatever comes. Uh, some will say, you know, we'll fix it on the way there. You know, create a plan. Create a plan. Proverbs says a lot about planning. There are people that drive them crazy uh, uh, to use a calendar. Create a plan. Have a calendar for your life. There's nothing wrong with having a calendar for your life. Proverbs not only tells us that we are here for a purpose, that we are here with a vi- that we need to have a vision in our lives. And if, if, you, know, if you don't have vision, you're not going to be fruitful in your life. So to become fruitful, to become something for a vision, to become reality, we need to have a purpose and, and plan with a purpose. We need to make a plan with a purpose. If there is anything value in planning in life, by the way, if you're not a planner, maybe you want to cover your ears. If you are not a planner and you really want to learn, then you got to listen to these four verses. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. 
The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. In other words, the prudent, the person who is prudent, the person who is carefully in the way they are living life, they, they think about the steps before they take it. Before I put a, I put a foot on that, on, on, on this step, I'm gonna think about it, because if I don't think about it, if I take the wrong step, I'm gonna fall. So the prudent plans the way he's gonna go. The prudent thinks about it. Hey, have you ever met a person before who just, uh, you know, a family trip, and they just jump in the car, and they just take off, and they're like, okay, so are we, are we, are we going the right way? And then, okay, and, and, Guys, we have a tough time asking for directions, right? We don't want to look weak. If we ask for direction, if we stop at the gas station to ask for direction, man, that's too weak. And a lot of times we just don't plan the steps. You know, if we're going to go from here to here, you know, where, where are we going to stop? Where are we going to put gas? Uh, you know, how are we going to get there? Are we going to take this freeway or that freeway? So, in other words, make a plan in your life. But a lot of times, we don't plan in our personal life, much less we're going to plan in church. We don't plan in life, we don't plan in family, we don't plan in churches. And that's why a lot of times churches are dying. Or families are not having a very good time because everybody's doing their own thing. We need to have a plan. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. He plans for things. Proverbs twenty eighteen Plans are established by seeking advice. When you are doing planning for your life, you know, you, do you want to have a vacation by next year? Or do you want to have a vacation this summer? Did you start planning last year? Well, I just don't have enough money. Maybe if you didn't have enough, maybe if you don't have enough money, you should have planned. I'm going to say a hundred bucks per month. By the time that, 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 that vacation comes, I'm going to, I have a plan that's going to help me have $1,200 after a year because I save $100 per month. So now I have money for my vacation. So planning, it, 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 that's just an example. Planning will bless you in a lot of ways. And God wants us to learn to plan because He wants us to live a better life. And when we plan things, we tend to live a better life. As a matter of fact, planning helps you not to stress so much in life. Uh, there are people who stress us so much because they're doing everything last minute. Everything last minute. Don't, uh, you know, don't go ahead with your plans without the advice of others. Plan, but also take advice. But don't take advice from people who will tell you what you want to hear. You want to do yourself a favor? Take advice from those people who will tell you the truth. We don't like to hear that. Proverbs 21, 5. The plan of the diligent certainly leads to advantage. But everyone who is in a hurry certainly comes to poverty. So the plan of the diligent, a person who is diligent in planning, will always have gain. Will always have advantage of a lot of things. But those who are in a hurry, in other words, no, we don't need to plan, we just need to do it. And a lot of times, because you don't plan, you lose. Proverbs 22, verse 3, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. 
A prudent person sees danger, and, and they foresee danger, and they take precaution. In other words, if we do this, this is what could happen. If we do this, this is what could happen. Let's sit down and make a better plan. Let's get people who will pour into this. Let, let's get the advice of others who are wise and who know what they're talking about before we move forward with this plan. So that way we can make a better plan and we can have precaution on what we're doing. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequence. And as I was saying, with that person who likes to take trips without planning, the consequence is the trip takes you longer, you spend more gas, a lot of times... You get mad with your wife or your husband in the car because you didn't listen to the planning, right? So someone said, if you, if you don't know where you are going, you'll end up somewhere, somewhere else, someplace else. Benjamin Franklin, it was Benjamin Franklin who said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is, you got to find out, if you, want, if you want to have a successful life, the way Proverbs 1 says, if you listen to wisdom, if you have understanding, then you will listen to wisdom from the book of Proverbs, then you're going to find out, what is the purpose what God has created me? Not just the purpose. So if this is the purpose God has created me for, what is my vision in life? Where do I want to be three years from now, five years from now, a year from now? Where do I want to be? To be where I want to be, I need to create a plan. A plan is a roadmap that is going to take me from point A to point B. And it's going to help me measure what, what I'm really doing. And I'm, you know, failing to prepare. You are preparing to fail. And that's why a lot of times people get frustrated and they say, you know what? Man, I, I, I tried so hard, but I didn't plan. So things didn't go the way they were supposed to. It was the famous philosopher, Chinese philosopher, Confucius. Confucius said, A man who does not plan long ahead will find trouble at his door. I like what Abraham Lincoln said. Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four hours sharpening the axe. That's an interesting quote. You know why? Because most of us, oh, you got to get down that tree. You got to get rid of that tree. We get the axe and we go right at it, right? Bam, bam. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves the six hours went by and we didn't get it down. But if we plan, if we patiently take the time to plan and we sharpen the axe, we will get it done in way less time. Richard Cushing said, always plan ahead. It wasn't raining. When Noah built the ark, always plan ahead. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, uh, Proverbs also tells us that you got to make sure that when you make your plans, bring into the feet of Jesus. Bring your plans to Jesus. Don't think you're, you're that smart. Because maybe you are, but believe me, you're not smarter than He is. Bring your plans to the feet of Jesus. So what are your plans in life? Where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself in, a per, in your personal life at the end of this year? How many, when it comes to your relationship with God, where do you see yourself? When it comes to your relationship with God, 
How many people do you want to bring to the feet of Christ before you go to be with the Lord? Oh, how many people do you want to reach this year? How many invitations do you want to give out there? So do you have a plan? Do you have a purpose what you're living for? You know, is there a meaning for your life? When we don't find meaning for our lives, you know, you know what that does? That puts a person on a couch and becomes a couch potato and becomes a person who just wants to be watching TV and doing nothing else in life. That there's no purpose. And you might be like, well, pastor, but I can't go out there. Well, I, I, can, I bet you can pray. How many times a day do you pray in your house? How many times are you praying for things to happen, for God's hand to be over those people that are doing God's work? You can pray for the missionaries overseas. You can do a lot of things. Purpose is not over in your life until you go to be with the Lord. But bring your plans to the feet of Christ. We can make our own plans, Proverbs 16.1. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. He has the final word. Verse 9 in the, ver- in the same chapter. We, we can make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Here are my plans, Lord. You will, I trust you will determine my steps. Every step I take, you will be with me and you will determine my step. In other words, my plans are not the final. It's His plan. Uh, you know, His plan is the final for my life. When you have a good plan... Another thing that the Bible tells us is, once you have a good plan, work hard at it. Has anybody here ever read uh, the book, The Walmart Way? The way Walmart began? Well, if you haven't read the, the, the book, The Walmart Way, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good book when, when it comes to stuff like that. But in that book, the writer uh, gives the story how the company, how Walmart began. And it's interesting. Because they asked them, they interviewed them, and they said, so we want to know what the secret for success is. Tell us what the secret for success is. And the guy who answered the question, one of the founders of Walmart, he said, there's no secret. We had a vision, we made a plan, work hard. Have a vision, make a plan, work hard. You know, there's no blessings for lazy people. There's not. I mean, let, 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 me told you, let me show you this. Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work brings profit. But mere talk leads only to poverty. There are people who only think, who only talk, 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 but never do. And never work hard. And hard work, when you have a vision, when you have a plan, work hard at accomplishing what you are planning to do. Work hard. So that is the advice Proverbs is giving us. In your purpose, in your vision, in your plans, don't forget the Lord. Don't forget the Lord. When, when, you, when you are having success in life in these things, when you are working hard and you begin seeing the fruit of your hard work, don't forget the Lord. Many people, you know, they make a plan, they, they realize there is a purpose, they have a vision, they make a plan, and they work hard, and they begin to have success in life. And then when you have success in life, a lot of people forget about God. No, I'm so busy, I cannot make it to church anymore. I'm like, I heard this so many times when people told me, you know what, pastor, can you pray for me for a job? 
And then when they get a job, Pastor, I'm so blessed that I, I, they're even asking me to work on Sundays. So you're so blessed that now you're forgetting about God. It's amazing. It's amazing when you hear people say that. But in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10 and 11, it says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. When you are satisfied, when you accomplish some things, praise the God. Praise God for the good things He has given you. Verse 11, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Failing to observe His commands. Don't fail to observe His commands. When He has blessed you, He wants you to keep observing His commands, His laws, and His decrees that I'm giving you this day. And, and if you read all the way to verse 18, it is amazing. It is because, it is because the Israelites were experiencing the blessings of God, and when they needed God, they seek God. But when God was blessing them and they were experiencing those blessings, then they got away from God. Oh, we're good. We don't need God right now. And I tell you, I tell you, the more abundance there is, the less people look up to heaven. You know, one of the reasons why third world countries, you go and you do a mission trip to a third world country, and you see these bunch, a lot of people coming over to listen to the Word of God. You know why that is? Because the need, the physical needs are also greater. And they, they, they're like, you know what, the only thing we can do is hope that the God they are going to talk about, these missionaries are going to talk about, that that God is going to help us out. But the more abundance there is, the less we look up to heaven. In your purpose, in your vision, in your plans, make sure whatever you do, you glorify God. You don't forget God. And one last thing, once you, have a, once you have work in creating a plan in your life, there are things that can hold us back. There are things that can hold us back. So if you have a purpose for your life, if you have a vision for your life, if you make a good plan and you work hard at it, you will succeed according to the Scriptures. Now, there are things that can hold you back. What's one of those things? Laziness. I don't know if you know anybody lazy. You probably don't. Hmm. But Proverbs 13, 4 says that if you know a lazy person, you can encourage them not to be lazy. The soul of the lazy man's desires. I want, I want, I want. The soul of the lazy man's desires and has nothing but the soul of the diligent, the hard worker, should be made rich, should be blessed. Not just laziness. Laziness can hold you back. Laziness can hold you back from accomplishing those things that God really wants you to do in your life. The blessed life that God has intended for you. Another, another problem we have, and the reason why a lot of times we don't experience a lot of the blessings God has for us, is bad, uh, bad money management. Bad money management. Are you good at managing money? I hope you are. I hope you are. But, you know, when you're not good at managing money, uh, in, in the Bible there's a few times where the people of Israel, they were not good at managing money. 
And because they were not good, the, the Bible says that they put the money in, 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 in their sack, in their pants or whatever. They put their money. And, and it's like, you know what? It's like if they had a hole. They didn't know where their money went. So that holds you back because to create, to create a vision, to have a plan and to move forward, you need finances in your life. So therefore, you need to go to work. And the Bible says that that one who doesn't want to work does, shouldn't be eating either, right? That's what the Bible says. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. So the lazy is something, being lazy is something that holds you back. Managing your money in a bad way is also holding you back. Plan on how you are going to spend your money. In other words, it's important. The Proverbs, Proverbs tells us that it's important to have a budget. Proverbs 21.5 The plans of the diligent lead to profit. Assuredly, as hate leads to poverty. In other words, have a plan. Have a plan how are you going to spend your money. Acknowledge God. Here is one thing that in a whole year I haven't talked talk about this. And I'm just going to say it in less than a minute. But I'm going to tell you something. You want to see the blessings of God in your life. Acknowledge God in your life. God is the giver of all. God has given you what you have right now. Whatever you have right now, God has given it to you. How are you, how are you showing thankfulness to God for what He has given you? Proverbs says, chapter 3, verse 9, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. In other words, when you receive something, you should take the first fruits always to the Lord. That will acknowledge, you will be acknowledging that God is the one who gave you that. When you don't acknowledge what God has given you, it's like, no, no, this is mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And no, there's a lot of things that we just take it for granted. No, when God gives you something, take out the first fruits. That belongs to God. Why? So you can acknowledge God. God is the giver. God is the one who blessed me. You want to be blessed when it comes to this, to, to this issue, to this, to this topic? Acknowledge God. And I'm not going to go more forward, farther than that. Because there's going to be a point where we're going to do a whole series on finances. Because the Bible talks about finances. Very clear. Another, another thing you need to do that Proverbs gives us the advice to is keep good track of what you have. You, you remember the times, nowadays, hardly anybody uses pay, uh, checkbooks, right? Seriously, how many of you guys... Still use checkbooks. Man, I am shocked. I am shocked. Oh, I didn't say that. Dave did. Let me tell you. I go to the, I go, I go eat somewhere. I go and I pay, I pay with this. I don't even need my wallet anymore. Apple Pay, right? Or, or I use, uh, I use my credit cards with that Apple Pay thing and it's like, I don't even need my, I don't even, I have my license. I have everything there. So if I forget my wallet, I don't have to go back home. But it's interesting that, uh, you know, when, when we are, when we want to have good finances, we got to keep good track of what you have. Uh, Proverbs 27, 23 says, Be sure you know the condition of your flock. Give careful attention to your hurts. In other words, know how much you have, know how much you have, know how much you budget for whatever you are budgeting, how are you going to spend, know how many bills you have in your life. Do not leave 
like, you know, you can live a life of $10,000 a month when you only earn $5,000 a month. You know, that's the, one of the biggest mistakes people make one, nowadays. They want to live a life, because they see all this stuff in social media, right? So they want to live a life that is out of their reach. And they want to live a life that is a $10,000 a month life, and they only earn 5000 so the other 5000 are going into credit cards. It's called credit cards. And there's so much, but, but that, that's, another, that's another sermon. What, one of the things you have, to, you have to aim for, try to have, try, try not to get into debt. You know, right now, who knows who, who knows what the interest rates are right now? Did you did you see the last interest rates? Eight percent. You're paying the people are paying so much because they get into that and, and they're still buying cars, they're still buying houses. It's like how do you do that? And try to be wise with what you're doing with your money. Don't get into debt if you don't have to. Proverbs 22, 7 says, The rich rules over the poor. And the borrower is a slave to the lender. Yes, you're a slave. No, I'm not a slave, pastor. No, no, you are. Trust me. You're thinking every day, Hey, I owe that money. I got to pay that money. When you're thinking about it, when your mind is captured on that debt that you have, you're a slave mentally of that. Don't promise, verse, verse 26, also, be, be very smart when it comes to stuff like this. Don't promise to pay someone else's debt. If you cannot pay, you will lose everything you have, so why should you lose the bed you sleep on? You're even going to lose your bed. Do not be promising you're going to pay debts for anybody else. If they got into debt, let them deal with it. Grow up. You know... And now, in these days where things are so expensive, a lot of people also need co-signers, right? And people come to other people, hey, can you co-sign for me? Proverbs thirteen twenty says, whoever walks with the wise becomes, uh, I'm sorry, my son, do not make yourself, Proverbs 6, 1, my son, do not make yourself responsible for the debts of others. Don't become a co-signer, run away from that. And if a person tells you, well, you're a bad friend. No, I'm not a bad friend. I just need to take care of my stuff. Need to take care of my family. Don't make such a deals with friends or strangers. Another thing that holds you back is bad counsel. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools, the one who companions himself with fools, will suffer harm. Bad counselors, bad friends. When you choose not to learn, I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward with this a little bit more, uh, Dave, um, because there's not a lot of time left. Um, when you choose not to learn from your mistakes, are we good at learning from our mistakes? Proverbs twenty six eleven says, "As a dog returns to its vomit." So a fool repeats his foolishness. If you want to move forward in life with vision, 
If you want to move forward in life with a plan that will be blessed by the Lord, if you want to be a successful person, learn from your mistakes in the past. If not, Proverbs says that we are like the dog that returned to its vomit. That's not a good thing. Proverbs 4, 25 and 27, it says, Look straight ahead. In other words, don't get distracted. Don't look back. You know, if you made those mistakes, choose to learn from it. Don't look back. Just look forward. Look forward. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what it lies, what lies before you. You know, the mistakes that you made before, they're back there. Don't look at them. Look forward. Make new plans. Ask the Lord to guide you in you, in the new opportunity that He has given you. And last, when you don't, what holds you back, what holds you back is when you don't let go hurts from the past. If you don't let go hurts from the past, that's going to hold you back in moving forward in your life. And Proverbs has a lot to say about that. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred steers up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Learn to forgive. You want to have purpose? You want to have vision for your life? You want to make a plan and you want to succeed? Don't let any of these things hold you back. Especially when somebody has hurt you. If you get stuck in those hurts from the past, you will not move forward with the plan for your own life. But, but you got to, you know, in hatred, when you don't forgive, every time you see that person, there's some kind of hatred in your heart. Whether you want to accept it or not, hatred steers up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. And First Peter, this is like an echo from uh, from Proverbs. What First Peter says in First Peter four eight: Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Move forward. Forgive. Learn to forgive others. Some, some someone, you know, when someone has hurt you, and you don't let go of that offense, you know. You get stuck in the past. And it's hard to move forward. Let go of the past so that God can open doors for the future. I'll say it again. Let go of the past so that God can open doors for the future. It was C.S. Lewis who said, Getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. You might be like, what? Yeah, letting go of the past is much like crossing monkey bars. You have to let go at some point in order to move forward. You have to let go. If not, you're just going to fall. How do you know you forgive someone? So some of you might say, well, it's in the past, but uh, let's say, okay, let's talk about your parents. No, no, I don't want to talk about my parents. So it's in the past. But you don't want to talk about... Let's talk about somebody else who hurt you in the past. No, I don't want to talk about that person. Your reactions will tell different. Okay, your reactions will tell different. You might say, it's in the past, but the pain is in the present. And that holds you back from accomplishing things God wants you to accomplish. The problem continues. To heal your wounds, you need to stop touching it. Because, you know, when you go to the doctor... The doctor begins touching you. 
And you're like, oh, ouch, ouch. That means that's a sign of hurt. And a lot of times when you ask somebody about some, somebody who hurt them, and they react, and it still hurts, it's because the hurt is still in the present. It hurts to let go. But sometimes it hurts more to hold on. You want to move forward in life with these advices that the book of Proverbs has given us during these seven weeks. God wants you to have a vision for your life. God wants you to have a plan. God wants you to bless your, your plan. God, God, God wants you to work hard at it so He can bless your plan. And a lot of times, we just, we just have a tough time doing all these things. And I tell you the reason why. A lot of times it's because we don't have a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus himself said, you know, there's nothing you can do away from me. You want to accomplish some of these things? You want to accomplish most of these things, maybe all of them? Jesus has to be part of your life. If Jesus is not part of your life, there's nothing you can do away from me. And when you are walking with Jesus... He, he, the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is going to give you the wisdom. God is going to give you the strength. So you can accomplish these things. So you can have a plan. So you can have dreams that you can accomplish in your life. Because the book of Proverbs tells us it is possible to do that. God will give you the wisdom if you ask for a wisdom to plan life. Manage finances. And... Better even to learn to let go. Learn from the mistakes of the past, but learn also to let go and forgive things that might just be holding me back. And I want you to think about that this week. It's Passion Week. Is there anything that is holding me back that I'm having, that I'm keeping in my heart? And I'm going to ask the worship team to start coming up to the front. But, but I want you to start thinking this week, is there anything that is holding me back? And this is Passion Week. This is a week where you can, um, where you can actually take the time to meditate in the death of Christ, in the sacrifice, but also in the resurrection. And everything He went through, you know, everything He went through during that week, He went through because of you and me. Because He loves us so much that He wanted us to have hope that all these things can actually happen, can be done, that we can experience these blessings in life that He intended us to experience. Let's stand for a minute. And the worship team is going to lead us in one more song. Our Father in Heaven, we, we want to thank You, Lord. We want to thank You, Lord, for... For your word, we want to thank you for your mercies in our lives. Thank you, Father, for all the things that you have done for us. And thank you for the wisdom in the book of Proverbs also. As we uh, leave this place, Lord, we, uh, we, we want your presence to go with us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.